Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. This one girl, Stacy, it said, asked me if somebody died in there. I was like, what's going on? They just, they said, something's weird in here. We go back in the living room, everything was cool. So it was weird for a while. I was trying to figure out what's going on here what's what's happening soon thereafter i'm i'm just going to sleep one night sort of drifting off and i'd start to want to sit up but i felt like this pressure on my head pushing my head back into the pillow it wouldn't let me sit up it was like this struggle and It felt as though I had the Titanic on my forehead. I mean, it was this weight. It was this pressure. Not like a headache pressure, but like I said, it was a weight. So I was physically held back. I finally break through it, and it started freaking me out. I was starting to get a little bit worried. It's pitch black in the room, and... Uh, door is just across opposite my bed and it's cracked about about six inches and there's just a sliver of light coming in and i look up and at the foot of my bed is aunt mamie i remember aunt mamie's white hair she had this alabaster skin you could almost as she got older see the veins through her skin and i just remember in this very dark room this sort of illuminated but almost a dull illumination of this whiteness. She had these really piercing blue eyes. Nothing could have been more powerful than her gaze. You one look at her and you knew, okay, she does not approve. I didn't turn away in panic. It was, what? It's gone. And I realized, wow, she's still here. This is still her room. The activities in my life, she does not approve of. This is Shannon in Abu Dhabi, and you are listening to RPA, Real Paranormal Activity, with my good friend, Aaron Hammer. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron and Britt here, and it is Monday, January 27th, 2020, episode 220. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, I'm glad to be back, looking lovely as ever, Britt. Yeah. (laughs) 
everything's going nice and smooth over here there's not really too much to announce except for uh, Terry's gonna be out again uh, for this Wednesday he's still dealing with some uh, storm damage over on his property Aaron Frail which is tomorrow Tuesday he's gonna do a, another movie review so check that out and also not this Friday but next Friday of next week all the new video shows are gonna be releasing so just a friendly reminder for that but I'm sure next week I'll remind you guys again <laughs> But yeah, that's that's about it. Everything is uh, oddly smooth over here. And I'm always glad to be here, and we are always flattered that you're joining us here on Mondays or any other shows throughout the week. And uh, we really enjoy providing some content for you guys. So with that, just a friendly reminder as well to those people that are trying to get on the show. We're still going through the emails. Uh, we'll be in contact with you, so just be patient. And so we have a huge backlog, and we're going to do listener stories for you guys. And keep on sending in your stories if you want to share them to the world. And you can do that by sending that to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off in a future episode. So with that, yeah, let's just get right down to it. You know what that means. Oh, yeah, man, come on. Say it with me, say it with me. That's right, to the story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. The fires are blazing. And as always, grab a beanbag or the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And I get behind my desk here. Oh, yeah. I still haven't got my new chair yet, but uh, I'm getting ready. And Brett, thank you for the packet. Let's see what we got here. Ah, we have some long ones on a medium story. Okay. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the weather's uh, pretty dry, of course, uh, wintertime. The air is always dry, but I don't know. It's getting to me. And I got the sniffles, too. I'll try to keep that down as much as possible. But if I do sniffle, I do apologize. So, what do we got here? The first one. This is by Kay, and it's titled Smuggler's Cottage. Okay, Kay. Let's see what you got, man. Stathes is a small town located in North Yorkshire, United Kingdom, that is popular with tourists. And going back in time, over 200 years ago, the town was a very busy fishing port, with lively fish auctions at the harbor and horses and carts rushing back and forth to trade with nearby towns. Amongst all this hustle and bustle, the undercover industry of smuggling was rife. High taxes on imported luxury goods such as liquor, tobacco, and tea led many down an unlawful path to obtain them. Networks of underground tunnels were used to transport the prohibited cargo to be enjoyed away from the prying eyes of custom officers. What if the electric atmosphere that was created by these illicit activities left an impression that we could still pick up on today? Or maybe it is possible that the ghosts of those involved still haunt their former residence. I would have said neither was possible until my stay in a former smuggler's cottage over 10 years ago. As a young teenager, the prospect of spending a week in a haunted house would have terrified me. So when my parents rented out a holiday cottage in Stathes and were warned about its apparent haunting, they chose not to disclose it to me until we returned. This makes what happened all the more frightening, as, psychologically, I was not expecting to experience anything supernatural. The cottage was three stories high, with my bedroom in the attic space. From the first day we arrived, I hated being alone in there, as there was just something oppressive about the atmosphere. 
As I unpacked my suitcase, it felt as though there were a pair of eyes boring into the back of my head. After a brilliant day crab fishing in the harbor, I reluctantly climbed the stairs to my room. As I lay there in the darkness, I felt frozen in fear as I heard faint whispers around me. I cried out in fear and insisted that my mom stay in the twin bed opposite, which she ended up doing for the duration of the holiday. In the cold light of day, I wondered if it had all just been my imagination running wild, and the following night, I was undisturbed. However, it became noticeable, even by my parents, who were skeptical about the ghostly activity, that the lights in the cottage seemed to have a life of their own. As you exited a room and turned the light off, when you returned, it would be on again. This happened frequently, and whether it was paranormal or not, it sent a chill down your spine. The following evening, we visited a local pub, and upon our return, my heart almost stopped as the kitchen cupboard door opened by itself and then slammed shut. This particular cupboard opened up into the cliff face and was perhaps used by the smugglers centuries ago. Another freaky experience happened while in the shower as a feeling of dread washed over me like someone was standing behind the shower curtain and all of a sudden I was overcome by the strongest smell of stale tobacco. Finally, the night before we left, I ascended the stairs to retrieve something from my bedroom. As I reached the top of the stairs, I looked back to notice the light was on again. I crept back across the landing and quickly turned it off, not wanting to be in the attic space another second. As I again reached the top of the stairs, to my horror, I saw the light was on again. Before I could react, I found myself tumbling down the stairs. I was unharmed but completely shaken up and I demanded that my dad search the room as I was convinced that I had been pushed. As we packed up and left the next day, I was glad I wouldn't have to stay another night. Even though the experience was terrifying, it captivated my interest in the paranormal and my love for North Yorkshire. Stathes has a colorful history with tales of ghosts, witches, and whether what I experienced was paranormal or merely psychological, it remains to be seen. And that's from Kay. Hey, Kay, thank you very much for sharing that. You know, I love you guys over there in the UK. You guys, uh, you know, that place has been occupied for centuries, millennia. <laughs> uh, you know, all kinds of neat stuff happened over there. And uh, like he said, whether it was paranormal or not, who really knows? But uh, yeah, the light switch thing, we get that once in a while where lights will turn on and off or you have electrical problems where sometimes they may bring out an electrician and that individual can't find anything wrong. So you have these weird occurrences with the, the lights turning on and off or flickering, things like that. Sometimes there's been a few where the light bulb actually, well, explodes and you know shatters glass all over the place uh, that's fairly rare though we only got maybe two that i can recall about that but yeah the whole light thing is uh it's pretty common sometimes but okay yeah thank you very much for sharing love this story all right what do we got what's next this one is by radish and it's titled the house okay radish let's see what you got man 
I've lived in a couple of places where strange things have happened. The most recent was my last apartment that I lived in for a year. It was a small old apartment building located at the end of a dead-end street. I moved in with my dad, my brother, and my boyfriend at the time. Everything was fine at first, but we slowly began to notice that the atmosphere of the apartment felt oppressive. It just felt stifling and heavy there, and it never felt like home. When you first move into a place, it takes some getting used to, but eventually you acclimate and it feels like home, like your home. This apartment never felt like that. There were a number of incidents that happened there that I can't explain. A few times there was a loud pounding on the screen door at the entrance of our building. We lived on the second floor. One time it happened at 10 p.m. and the second time it happened at 5 a.m. The first time it happened, I was hanging out with some friends when we heard a loud banging on the front door to my building. My dad went downstairs to see who it was, but there was no one there. He went out into the small front yard and even down to the driveway and around back. He found no one. The second time it happened, my boyfriend and I were up. We were serious night owls and laying in bed talking when suddenly we heard the same really loud banging on the downstairs front door. It scared us because it was so loud and sudden. We peered through our window down onto the front porch, but there was no one there. There was this awning that hung over where the front door was, so obviously we couldn't see under it from where we were. My boyfriend said, I'm going to go downstairs and check it out. I pleaded with him not to, but he went downstairs anyway. While he was on his way downstairs, I stayed in our room and looked out the window looking to see if I'd see someone running away. He went outside just like my dad had done the last time this happened. I saw no one while I kept a lookout. And when my boyfriend came back upstairs, he said there was no one there. One night, my brother and I were hanging out watching a movie. Suddenly, there was a really loud crashing, banging noise on the front door of our apartment. My brother got up and tried opening the door. It wouldn't budge. He tried for a couple of minutes to get the door open, but it just would not open. We had a back door to the apartment, so he went out our back door, down the stairs and out the back door of the building, and came back up to our apartment's front door through the front of the building. He got the door open, and a pile of boxes came tumbling into our apartment when he opened our door. We had this narrow landing outside of our apartment in the hallway. My father had boxes of books stored there. They were pushed back on the landing, a couple of feet away from the door to our apartment. Now, my dad was very meticulous in stacking these boxes. They weren't stacked lazily. The bigger, heavier boxes were on the bottom, and they got lighter and smaller toward the top. And they were stacked about five or six boxes high. They sat there for months without ever being moved or knocked over. But somehow, they not only fell over after sitting there for so long, but somehow moved forward and then fell over and into the door in such a way that they landed underneath the doorknob and wedged it shut so that it couldn't be opened. The building we lived in was built in the 1920s or so. It had been a house at one point, but was eventually converted into two apartments, a first floor and second floor. And there was an attic on the third floor. We checked out the attic one day, 
It was empty save for an old trunk and pictures of trains from a magazine taped to the walls of the attic. Nothing happened while we were up there looking around, but after checking the attic out, I would wake up some mornings from a nightmare and I would think to myself, the attic is giving me nightmares. I didn't know where that thought came from and it kind of freaked me out. That would happen from time to time. I remember talking with my best friend, who's now my boyfriend, once and telling him how I kept getting these really bad headaches. I casually said, the attic is coming down here and giving me headaches, and I laughed. After saying that and laughing, I thought to myself, why did I say that and why did I think that was funny? There were times where I would be in my room reading or just hanging out, when all of a sudden I would smell the attic. It was that old musty smell that the attic in our building had. It would show up out of nowhere and just as suddenly disappear. This would happen even in the middle of winter, when it wasn't humid at all. In addition to the apartment feeling oppressive and suffocating, stuff broke there all the time. At the end of the year, right before we moved out, I made a list of all the things that had broken, and I ended up with a total of 30 or 35 things. Appliances, mostly. These weren't old appliances either. Some of them were brand new, but they would just stop working or would literally fall apart. One night while I was in bed reading, I heard a loud tap-tap-tap on my bedroom window. I pulled the curtain back, and of course there was nothing there. Again, we lived on the second floor. This tapping noise wasn't a bug hitting against the window. It was a set of loud, deliberate knocks, as though someone was wrapping their knuckles against the window. The creepiest thing that happened to me there happened at 2 a.m. when I was home by myself. My dad and boyfriend both worked nights, and my brother was spending the night at his girlfriend's. I was in bed reading when I heard scratching at my bedroom door. I looked around and saw my one cat at the foot of my bed sleeping. I thought, it must be Gray, my other cat. But I was a little freaked out because she never scratched at the door when she wanted to be let in. She would always meow. I was so cozy in bed that I told myself, if she scratches again, I'll get up and let her in. I went back to reading, and sure enough, about a minute later, there was scratching at the door again. It was a loud, slow, purposeful scratching. I got up and went to the door. This took me all of five seconds. I opened the door and said, come on, Gray, and stopped. There was no cat. The hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. I peered into the dark living room because I was sure I'd see her, but I didn't. I then looked down into the kitchen. And there, up on the kitchen table, was Gray. I walked into the kitchen and she was passed out in a deep sleep. There was no way in the five seconds it took me to open the door that she could have run all the way into the kitchen, hop up on the table, and then pass out. I mean, cats are fast, but they're not that fast. There were other things that happened there. Things would disappear, never to be seen again, even though I know I left the item in a specific spot. It would feel like you were being watched, or rather, glared at in the living room. The glaring seemed to originate from the couch in our living room, especially at night. You'd walk through the room to get a drink from the kitchen, and it would feel like someone was sitting on the couch, intently staring at you. And there was always that feeling like you were being smothered there. 
it never felt like our home. We kind of felt like we were guests who had overstayed our welcome pretty much the whole time we were there. We were only there for a year, and thankfully, the next apartment I moved into, the one I live in now, is perfectly normal and not creepy at all. And that's by Radish. Radish. That's a great story. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, you know, again, not too uncommon. You know, that whole feeling of not being wanted there or being stared at or being watched. You know, obviously, you old-timers who've been listening to the show, yeah, we get that all the time. And then, you know, the odd thing about that whole feeling thing is because you go and live at other places. You go and visit your friends at their own houses. You go to other places. And it's only that place where you're currently living at that you get that feeling. That's the odd thing. Again, we get a lot of these types of stories. Thank you again, Radish, for sharing. All right. What do we got next? Britt, how you doing? (laughs) Good. Yeah, sometimes she just stares at me while I'm reading kind of gives me the creeps (laughs) all right what do we got here this one is by lane and it's titled hospital and false alarm okay lane let's see what you got man this is an experience that happened to an aunt of mine while she was pregnant with her second daughter i believe if i remember correctly she was in hospital due to feeling unwell and the doctors insisted she stay a few days just to be safe. She was lying in a wardroom that had only two beds in it, and much to her satisfaction, she was alone. This room was down a long passage and around the corner to the right. I remember because we visited her. She was lying on her side facing the door when, in her half-asleep, half-awake state, saw a tall figure dressed as a nun walk in and to the end table next to her bed. For some reason, she did not see this as odd. Perhaps it was due to her exhaustion. She saw this person walk around the bed to the other side. She closed her eyes for a brief moment, and when she opened them, the figure was gone. It was only the next day that she thought about this and found it strange, because the nurses at the hospital wore blue uniforms. It took her a moment or two to realize what had happened, and even though she felt no malice from this entity, she was still a bit creeped out. This is just an experience we've had at our house, but the two incidents could be unrelated. A few months ago, we had this terrible problem with our alarm system that would keep going off in the middle of the night, and also during the day when we're at work. It started off as our alarm going off at night, Now, I'm sure those of you who have alarm systems knows exactly how loud these things can be. I'd swear you could hear it from two blocks away. Being frightened there's an intruder, we would wait for the alarm company to call to inform us the armed response guys are on their way. The caller would, on more than one occasion, tell us that the trigger came from within our garage. Our alarm sensors are pet-friendly. But once the coast is clear, we would go into the garage to make sure that the window in there is closed and none of the cats got in and jumped on the car triggering the alarm. The window is always closed for safety reasons. Then it started happening while we were at work, always around 12 a.m. Since we are not there, we will wait for the operator to phone us back informing us of intruders or not. 
I think it was the fourth time this happened, but we got a call from the alarm company saying that our front door is wide open, but that the security guys can't get in because of the gates. We have two safety gates in front, plus the front door itself that gets locked. I rushed home frantically, thinking someone got in through one of the bedroom windows, despite all of our windows having Spanish bars on them, and was trying to get out through the front door. I got there, door closed and latched. I was incredibly angry and phoned the alarm company lodging a complaint against the security guys for falsely informing us. The operator called back saying both the security guys are adamant that the door was wide open and that they still called out to see if someone was inside. Considering that I've always felt like something was walking around the house at night, it did cross my mind that perhaps well, this could be related. And that's from Lane. Hey, Lane, thank you very much for uh, sharing your story. Yeah, I love hospital stories. I can see why your aunt, uh, who was in there, um, you know, she's half asleep, half awake, not really noticing too much. And you see this person dressed as a nun <laughs> walking around your hospital room. Yeah, I, I love hospital stories. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in hospitals. You old timers know that. And, you know, the alarm system thing, you know, who knows? It could be either way. Um, I personally don't like alarm systems just because they can give off false readings for whatever may happen. You know, sometimes boxes in the garage or boxes elsewhere in your house or, you know, just an object falls over and your sensors pick that up and there goes your alarm. But um, that's interesting that the... Uh, the people from the alarm company, uh, this last portion, they saw your front door wide open. And the odd thing is, when you get there, um, the door is closed. Hmm. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Is it still happening? Because it sounds like, uh, uh, you know, you're having some problems. That would be interesting if it just stops all of a sudden. Don't know what to make of it, you know. Again, I really don't like alarm systems. <laughs> But, yeah, hey, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. And that is it, Britt. Okay, guys. Hey, as always, we're flattered that you uh, come to the RPA Network and listen to the shows that we have for you. Uh, we're very, you know, grateful. And I hope you guys are enjoying the content. Uh, also, just a friendly reminder, Tuesday, tomorrow, is Aaron's Horror Show. And he's going to be reviewing a movie. And this Wednesday, uh, Terry is still going to be out. You know, he's dealing with some property damage from a storm. And also, uh, not this Friday, but next Friday of next week, uh, all the new video shows are coming out. So look forward to that. And I just want to thank all the premium members out there. We really appreciate it. It helps pay the bills here at the network. And if you're wondering how you can become a premium member, all you got to do is go to realparanormalactivity.com, the website, and there's a big button there. You just press it and you can sign up. Or if you have our free app, you can register through the app. Or if you are a premium member, you can log in through the app as well. What you get is uh, $3.99 a month, cancel any time, and you get all the previous RPA episodes of listener stories, interviews, bonus episodes, and we even have a little bit over 30 audiobooks of folklore from countries around the world. Hours upon hours upon hours of content, $3.99, it helps support the network and RPA. We thank you very much. And with that... I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh, yeah.
Korea. We do. As always, thank you and good night.